This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. Heads excused from gravity, roaches in the coffee thermos, and the casserole people all make an appearance in this episode of Microfiction involving fathers. I'd like to take a quick second to say Happy Father's Day, if you celebrate or know a dad out there. And without any further ado, this first piece of microfiction imagines a father in various scenarios and finds him, or doesn't, in the bottom of a sock drawer. It's called Overture. It was written by Jaden DeWald and published by Bull City Press in summer 2013. Enjoy. Overture. If I knew my father was rotting in some desolate little nursing home, I might consider looking for him. Then again, if I could find a dead cockroach in the bottom of my coffee thermos, as I did this morning, I suppose I could find him ageless and beatific, maybe tearing a four-wheeler through a field of mist. I once believed that if I could find my father in my imagination, What if I found him slurping oysters on the porch of a powder-blue mansion? Then there'd be no need to look for him. I once believed, too, that if I did my mother's laundry, I could find in the bottom of her sock drawer a photograph of him manning a shrimp boat in a gale, so that if I lifted the socks, I could taste the electricity in the air. I could touch the bones in his face. I could smell his aftershave and his sweat. Now, however, it seems best for me to ignore the imagination. The poor kid bagging my groceries, if he happens to resemble me, is not my long-lost brother, for example. Indeed, if I hadn't this desire to find my father in a wheelchair under a fungus-ridden oak, as in an old Bergman film, I might not think about him at all anymore, about finding him and thence abandoning him in a vastness of wind-eroded stone. Even so, there appears to be a gulf between the mind and the world of action. My father, even if he'd abandoned me in person, had not necessarily abandoned me in spirit. Therefore, I begin to resort to my old habits, 
What if I found him calling me across a lake on a sapphirine morning? What if his own imagination, like an arm of charcoal smoke, was reaching for me? Jaden DeWald is the author of an essay collection, Sheets of Sound, from Broken Sleep Books in 2020, and a cross-genre book, The Rosebud Variations, also from Broken Sleep Books, forthcoming in 2021. You can find him on Twitter at Jaden DeWald. This next piece has a visual narrative arc, launching into the air and landing back on Earth with a violent reality. It's called Am I? It was written by Kara Werner and published by Oya's Review on April 12th, 2021. Enjoy. One sunny weekend afternoon when I was nine, my stepdad kicked my head off. Surprise. Until then, I'd been a weighted girl child with two arms and ten toes, one who teed a football correctly. My body collapsed on the grass while my head, excused from gravity, launched toward that blind spot in the sky. I floated for a second or three holidays or seven regenerative years before the pull caught up to me, before the thwack when earth welcomed me back and my head tumbled through the green to a garter snake who peed inches from my eyeball. My brothers hadn't caught me. They'd gone long as they'd been told, and my head was a cinder block compared to a ball. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault they failed at numbers, at ordering utensils on a table, at remembering to empty his bottles. Before they trusted their eyes, before the screams, the sirens, the EMT who vomited on the mint, at the edge of our yard, I had felt to loft it all. Infinite. That's what I try to remember. That's what I tell people when they ask about the scar that chokers my neck. Every individual thinks they're the first individual to say I'd make a perfect Frankenstein for Halloween. Some rando on the city bus, a reducitarian at a party. Frankenstein's monster, I correct them, because they're pricks. I lean in and say... When you're a girl child with body and a stepdad and a gone mom and two useless brothers, there's a mercy in being just a head untethered. They feel bad then, as they should. Hot, cold silence. Am I the monster? Kara Werner's short fiction has been selected for the best small fictions, best microfictions, and Wigleaf's top 50. And her chapbook, Because I Wanted to Write You a Pop Song, is available from Split Lip Press. You can find her on Twitter at Kara Werner, on Instagram at Kara Vern, or on her website at karaverner.com. And check out her super cool project called Mugshots, Writers and Their Mugs, on Instagram at mugshots underscore writers. Thank you. 
full of context and complications, this final piece of microfiction captures tumult, tragedy, and the fragility of parenthood. It's called The Old Baby. It was written by Elizabeth Crowder and published by Smoke Long Quarterly on January 25th, 2021. And I'd like to provide a quick content warning for the loss of a child. If you feel comfortable listening, please enjoy. The Old Baby The old baby splits my wife like a papaya, his only cry a keen. We drift past unused artifacts new with tags, newborn onesies, saccharine plastic toys, the old baby's name hand-painted in cranberry on the nursery wall. When the casserole people arrive, they place hot dishes on our doorstep like flowers at a roadside memorial. I sleep, and my wife sobs, and my wife sleeps, and I whimper, and sometimes when she flashes her skeleton in the dark, I can hear the old baby wailing. This time, I rub my wife's swelling feet and kiss her distended belly. This time, when her water breaks, I'm right there, clasping her clammy palms between mine. This time, when the other woman texts, tell me what you want to do to me, I say, fuck you. The new baby doesn't cry. He squirms in the hard bright, wrinkled in red. The casserole people are back. This time, they're showing all their teeth. My wife props herself up when the new baby fusses, her joints and rivets snapping into place. Her expressions click, whir, projected onto her face like a film. He roots, and she feeds, and I watch from the doorway of the nursery we decorated for the old baby, burp cloth dangling from my limp fingers. Do you think he knew how much we loved him? My wife is holding the new baby, talking about the old. He knew, I say, but I didn't love him. Not yet. She knew the old baby, felt him knuckle and sputter inside of her, made space for him like lightning carves a channel for thunder. I will never know him. I was supposed to have time, six months, they said, to bond, to love, to find a way to be useful again. I wish I could tell him myself, she says. She looks at me with eyes that echo. I trap my breath like a spider under a glass. I'm watching the new baby's breath dome his Madeline chest when they find my wife's minivan belly up in the lake. I wait for the casserole people to return, to smear grief like clown paint across their faces. I try to remember my wife as she was, before the old baby, before the other woman, before me. Soft, smiling, sipping unsweetened Earl Grey from a chipped mug she inherited from her favorite grandma, dawn trapped in the folds of her collar. I wet the dry bristles of her toothbrush, pink as a tongue. I punch down, like rising dough, the craterless pillow on the cold side of the bed. Elizabeth Crowder is a law librarian and editor at X-Ray Literary Magazine and co-founder of the Sartorial Geek. You can find her on Twitter at LZ Crowder, on Instagram at the Liz Crowder, or on her website at ElizabethCrowder.com. 
Micro is edited and curated by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme song is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, the publications where they were published, and a transcription of this episode in the show notes. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and check out some of our other episodes. We're also now on YouTube, so if you need subtitles, you can check us out there. And of course, you can always find our shows at micropodcast.org. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening, and happy Father's Day. <laughs>